0: Chapter 11 of Buffalo Bill from Prairie to Palace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Buffalo Bill from Prairie to Palace by John M. Burke. Chapter 11 The Boy Miner. Billy had been at home scarcely one month before he engaged himself as assistant wagon master to another train, which was made up at Fort Laramie to carry supplies to a new post just established at Cheyenne Pass. He got through this adventure without losing a team or a man. Returning to Laramie, he engaged with a Mr. Ward, the post-trader, to trap for beaver, mink and otter, on the chug water, and poison wolves for their peltries. This enterprise was not profitable, and two months after Billy returned to Laramie, and in a few days in company with two others, he started back to Leavenworth. When they reached the Little Blue, the three were jumped by a party of Indians— The darkness saved them after a chase of several hours. After losing the Indians, the trio discovered a cave in which they resolved to spend the night. Lighting a match, they were horrified to find the place tenanted by bones and desiccated flesh of murdered emigrants. Without further investigation, the three, badly frightened, regardless of cold and snow, pushed rapidly onward. An all-night journey brought them to Oak Grove, and there, taking in a fresh supply of necessaries, they resumed their homeward march, reaching Leavenworth in February 1859. Billy was now fourteen years old, and unusually large for one of that age. His education, having been neglected, he, yielding to his mother's entreaties, resolved to to attend a school just opened in the neighborhood of Grasshopper Falls, and for a period of ten weeks applied himself with diligence and made most gratifying progress. This was the longest term of schooling he ever attended, and it is doubtful if all the schooling he ever received would aggregate six months. Though he is now comparatively well-educated, his knowledge has been acquired almost wholly by extensive travel and association with polished people. On the return of spring, the old impulse seized on Billy again to seek the far west where adventure and danger incite the restless spirit of brave men. The recent discovery of gold at Pike's Peak was a further motive for this move. Billy, despite his years, was now a man in size, and in common with thousands of others, he seized a pick and set out for the wonderful diggings. After digging around Aurora for a few days, the Ignis Fatuus led him further up the mountains to Black Hawk, where he settled and worked most assiduously for a period of two months, without finding as much as a handful of pay dirt. In the meantime provisions were so high that it took a Jacob's Ladder to reach the smell of cold beans. Billy became not only tired, but disgusted with the result of his mining labors, and resolved to get out of the country. He had no difficulty in finding others in camp of the same turn of mind as himself, and such as he desired as companions, he induced to accompany him back. Of the numerous caravans and individuals who adopted as their motto Pike's Peak or Bust, Billy and his party fell back on the latter end of the bold legend. They were so badly busted, in fact, that the only conveyance left them was their legs. Setting out on these, the party proceeded to the Platte River, where the idea possessed Billy that they might make the remainder of their journey to Leavenworth on an improvised raft. By various means, but chiefly by killing game along the way, the party subsisted comfortably while they floated down the stream on a rickety collection of logs. Matters were satisfactory enough until they reached Jules Ranch, or Julesburg, where having met a swifter current, the raft struck a snag and went to pieces with a suddenness no less astonishing than the bath which instantly followed. Fortunately, though, the North Platte is a broad stream, it is generally shallow, and the party had to swim but a short distance before they found a footing, and then waded ashore. Everything having been lost with the raft, including their arms and such provisions as they had, the party stopped at Julesburg to wait for something to turn up. It so happened that the Great Pony Express had just been established between Omaha and Pike's Peak and other far western points, including San Francisco. This route ran by Julesburg, where the company had an agent by the person of George Chrisman, who was well acquainted with Billy, the two having freighted together for Russell, Majors, and Waddell. Finding Billy out of employment, and express riders being scarce, Chrisman offered him a position as rider, which was gladly accepted. The requirements for this occupation were such that very few were qualified for the performance of the duties. The distance and time required to be made were fifteen miles per hour. Only courageous men could be employed on account of the dangers to be encountered. And such laborious riding could be endured by very few. Nevertheless, Billy was an expert horseman, and having the constitution and endurance of a bronco, he braved the perils and duties of the position and was assigned to a route of forty five miles. End of chapter eleven. Recording by John Brandon.